We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, and I am joined by Gabe Ibrahim, and we are sitting courtside for all things WNBA. And Gabe, it has been a week since we have had a conversation, and so many things have happened throughout the league. Yeah, you know, it has been a it's been a, a week certainly that's a way to describe it. Um obvi- obviously so this is a non-visual medium, but I do want to tell people I'm wearing a Miami Soul hat and my Monique Curry San Antonio Stars jersey. And there's a reason I'm wearing the Stars jersey that will become apparent when we talk about what has happened to the Washington Mystics in the past week. Yeah, yeah. It has been tough uh you know after winning three games in a row washington has now dropped five consecutive games and it has been tough because yes all teams are kind of shorthanded with with injuries and everything else but now it is it's hit washington pretty hard i mean they just got tiana hawkins back into the lineup for the last three games after being out for a handful at the beginning and then ariel powers went down and all of the energy and vocal leadership and scoring that Ariel Powers brought to the table. Mm -hmm. They just have not been able to manufacture that same level of production. And, and it's been tough. And, you know, Mike Tebow, I'm sure he's frustrated because he's doing everything he can. Uh, You know, I listened to him last night after the game and he was just saying, Hey, this is what, we've been handed this is the circumstance and we're dealing with it the best way that we can and I'm sure as a coach you try everything Mm -hmm. like kitchen sink you know in terms of how to plug the holes in the boat and it has just been a tough task for for the team to get over the hump 
in terms of the the mentality necessary for the situation that they're in and and that's what the players were alluding to it's a mentality right now that you know they just have to dig in deeper and they just have to fight harder and it's it's tough it's easier said than done yeah no i and i think so the first two losses in this stretch like the the sky loss hey you're gonna lose to a really good team that happens you're gonna lose to a really good team in the aces that happens hey okay fine they lost to the previously winless Liberty by scoring 66 points. They lose to the Fever uh, in, a, in a, a seemingly close game, but that game actually made me the most mad out of all of these. And then they put up 48 points, 48 points, and lost by 20 to the Minnesota Lynx. 48 points is the lowest scoring output in the WNBA since the San Antonio Stars in 2015 put up 45 points, hence uh, my Moni Curry jersey thanks to across the timeline for providing me the tools to to figure that out um but yeah i mean so actually i thought in in yesterday's loss the team played much better in that second half they showed a lot more fight they showed a lot more defensive communication in the second half they showed um just a little bit more grittiness you know they're dying for loose balls they kind of like snapped out of um that what they were feeling in the last two games. Cause in that fever game, I, and I went off on this on uh lock on the, the lockdown episode I did on Monday. Mm-hmm. I, that was not Mystics basketball. That was not Washington yeah. Mystics team. And, yeah. and, and it's crazy that they scored 48 points in the last game. And I felt that was more indicative of what the culture is in Washington mm-hmm. than in those last two games where they scored more because it was just listless in those, in those two games. And there was, there was bickering on the court and there was just like, no defensive communication, leaving your players out on islands, like not, you know, letting your players get hit by screens. It's like, you know, I don't care about – at the end of the day, the results may not be good, right? Obviously, we've talked so much about how, how much this team is missing. Obviously, with Ariel Powers, that's the biggest concern of her injury right now. But it's about culture, and it's about playing the way that you can win in the future. Right. And to me, in that second half against Minnesota – they played a little bit more mystics basketball um, in terms of just communication and, and really just like, lo- like caring about your teammate. That that's right. all I want to see. Like if you if you fight and you lose because the ball doesn't go in and things go wrong, you can live with it. But if you're not fighting, if you're not doing this the little things to help your teammates, that's where I'm gonna get very upset. So which one of those losses kind of like affected you the most? I mean, I think just the the lack of consistency factor oh, yeah. is, is something for me. I, I just think, you know, after the New York loss, Mike Tebow said that, that he was embarrassed by the effort in that game. Mm-hmm. And you just can't have that. And I know Natasha Cloud said that she sent a team text to the group in Bradenton, Florida, and said, hey, you got a lockdown on defense. And this is one of the, yeah. the top defensive players in the league the last several seasons. And Natasha Cloud um, giving her – team that kind of leadership from afar and when you have your coach say that that it was an embarrassing performance they actually had team meetings after that New York loss so I think for me um, the response in the first quarter of that next game where they scored 28 points Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was a great response to see um, what kind of culture and what kind of uh, philosophy uh, the team was tapped into at that moment. And then in that second quarter, they only scored 11 points. Mm-hmm. And in that third quarter, 
you know, really couldn't get back to that same kind of efficient level of offense that they had in that first quarter. So I think, you know, I think it's just been, I don't want to say it's a, a particular game, but I think it's just an overall um, lack of consistent play. And yeah. I think that when you see them come out of the locker room and, and bust out for 28 in that first quarter after losing to New York, you know, I was, I was encouraged by that because, you know, I was like, well, that's how you respond. You know, any yeah. kind of com competitor, you don't want to come out flat as, as Damian Lillard about that. Right. So <laughs> you, you've been tested and this is your response to the test. So I just think for me, I just want to see uh, the consistency of that effort, of that lock-in, of that focus, because yep. they're capable. And for me, as a, as a coach looking at it, if you're capable of it, then it needs to be brought all the time. And that's the challenge of being an athlete, right? Yep. Is to stay on that tight rope, is to stay focused and locked into the task at hand. And I think, you know, at times it, it has been missing for Washington, but that's not to say they're not capable of it because we've seen them be capable of it early on in those first three wins. And then in, in pockets of these last five games, but not enough consistent play, especially on the defensive end. And I think when Washington is at their best, they're getting in the gaps, they're stealing oh, yeah. the ball and getting in the open floor, but they're also whipping that ball around and they have not been getting mm -hmm the ball movement or off ball movement from players that's necessary to the philosophy of this organization in terms of how they like to play and how they have played when they are successful and winning. And, you know, we saw them in that Seattle game, which was uh, their third win in a row last yeah. week where they hit 15 threes. And that happens because you're moving the basketball and you're moving off the ball, you're relocating on, on penetrations and kickouts, you're available and passes are coming right in the pocket, you're able to rise and fire and, and knock shots in, uh, in the quarter court. And we just haven't seen that. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, scouting has a lot to do with it as well. And I get that, you know, and, and we said that last time, right? Like, yeah. you know, the players adjusted to themselves the first three games and that's what we saw. And now the coaches are adjusting to this new mystics team and they're super young. So, you know, when you have Leilani Mitchell, I get it. Essence Carson, I get it. And now Misa, and you may as well put her in that veteran um, umbrella as well as Tiana Hawkins, uh, you know, and I understand that, but at the same time, there's gotta be a collective um, lock-in by these younger players who yeah. are on the court for a ton of time, these second and third year players, you know, um, Kara Leslie is, is really a rookie. So, I mean, you have players on the court that, that don't have that experience and you can only get that with being on the floor. They need, they need to maintain focus. And I think it seems trite. And, and you know, you, you did talk about like the structural problems of the offense. Like they're not whipping the ball from side, side on the sideline. That was what coach T was telling them in the game. He was mic'd mm -hmm. up and they went to, they went to him in timeout. He's like, you guys have to move the ball to side, sideline, sideline. When that happens, we score. Yeah. Um, but it, it, and it may seem trite to just say like, well, they need to try harder. They need to be more focused, but look, like, like I said, like this team, they're not built. This was not the team that was supposed to win and defend this championship this year. So what all we need to see is them being focused and getting better mm -hmm. each game. You're not going to win. You're not going to win that many games. So I just need you to be locked in. And it's really like, 
you could see it. it just watch the first half against Minnesota versus the yeah. second half against Minnesota. Yeah. You can see where there's a pick, you know, there's a pick and pop and, and there's a wide open Demiris Dantas three-point shot. Or yeah. against New York, uh, Amanda Zowie B had like three straight uh, pick and pop uh, threes, mm, threes on an yep. ice. On a, I, they iced it and no, no one tagged Amanda Zowie B. Yeah. And it's like, Emma, I, it, it was me. Emma did it a few times. I'm yeah. like, Emma, you know what to do. You know, this is not something that you need, you need me or your coach or anyone to tell you. You know how to play that. You just have yeah. to lock in. And I think my favorite movie is The Replacements. <laughs> so my favorite movie, it's a bad movie. I totally, I, I recognize this. Uh, it's pretty bad, but it's all right. <laughs> uh, That's funny, but, though. My favorite movie is The Replacements. And in that movie, there is, you know, a speech by Keanu Reeves about quicksand. About right? how when one thing goes wrong in a, in a sport, and it's super corny, but it's like one thing goes wrong, then another thing goes wrong, then another thing goes wrong, then another thing, then another thing, then another thing, and then before you know it, you're drowning. Yeah. Mystic, the mystics are drowning right now, and they're letting themselves think about that last mistake. And instead of trying to fix it, they're trying to say, they're like stuck. You're, you're stuck. Yeah. It, it, you're like, okay, I can't, you know, I can't leave, I can't leave my, my person because that's what I messed up on last time. And instead of just doing the things instinctually, yes, it's not coming. And, you know, I, I think they'll eventually get to being a more middle of the road team like we expect. Mm-hmm. Well, like I expected at the beginning of the season <laughs> um, to be, to be a, a much better team than they are now. But uh, they right. do have on Thursday, they play on ESPN against the Sparks. Yeah, and on Saturday they play on ESPN against the Aces, two of the best teams in the league, and then yeah. they finally get a little break. But they got I, to me, they gotta win one of those, right? Like they yeah. have to, win, they have to win one of those games. Absolutely, and I think that you know Mike Tebow said this post game um, yesterday as well. He said, you know, we don't have time to practice, so we have these adjustments that we need to make. So it's actually happening in game, and so either you execute it at that time or you get burned and there's no time to correct it because practices are coming like, you know, few and far between. You've got games every other day. So you don't want to burn legs. You have nine players who are healthy. And I was surprised that Atkins played because she rolled her ankle mm-hmm. um, prior to the Minnesota game. So she was kind of game time, but then game to. time decision, but play. she had to play. And <laughs> so she was out there. So she's not a hundred percent. And, you know, she relies on that explosive energy uh, from the wing as well. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot in terms of the the physical demand, but I think given the circumstances, it's also uh, a demand on your mental capacities and, and your focus and energy in that regard. So I just think there's not a lot of prep time, like in a normal season, you would have three or four days, maybe in between games, at least two days, and you would have time to, sit and watch film and then take that moment onto the practice court, you know, all Mm -hmm. the learning issues you had, uh, you have your checklist on your notebook and then take that information to the court, practice it, try to iron some things out, but you don't have time to do that. And with a young team, that's tough. And I think that's what we're seeing now with Washington is just the, the lack of prep time. And I know every other team has that same issue every other day, but they don't have, uh, necessarily the the situation that Washington yeah. had in terms of missing four starters from last year. And I think um, with Latoya Sanders uh, not being out there yesterday, I think that I, I think I tweeted that, you know, that they, they sorely miss her presence on the oh interior 
just defensively and not just because, you know, she's long and lanky, but because she is, like you said, she played with her instincts and mm -hmm. she just moved and didn't have to think about things and just kind of glided across um, to help with two high hands. And she was just right there. Um, I just think she that was a quarterback. Missing, oh, the was quarterback. quarterback defense. Absolutely. And just um, not having her, not having Cloud as one of the, the best defenders in the league as well. Um, as a pace holder on defense, you know, people talk about pace being on offense. It's on defense. Like if you can get stops yeah. and get in gaps and contain the paint from that point guard spot, you're in great shape. And that's why Washington won a championship last year. And we haven't even um, spoken about Elena Deladon, the MVP yeah. last year, not being on the team. So you have to factor in all of these things and understand that, you know, Tina Charles was expected to be there this year too. And she's a former MVP from 2012. So you have um, key pieces and they're all missing right now. Yeah. And you, and, and it's tough. And it can be done just because it's tough doesn't mean it's impossible. And I think that's just my glass half full mentality yeah. tapping in most times, but well, I, I mean, they can get there, but it, yeah. it's, it's a tough road. Is this team going to win a championship? Probably not. No, I, actually, you know what? No, I'm going to say, no, they're not going to win a championship, but they can still look good. They could still build right. this season. Like we, like we said in the beginning, in the first three, four games there, like, they were building something. Maisha Hines Allen still is like she can build up her skill set. Emma Meeseman can yep. become more of a score. There's there's gains to be made, but you can't do that if you're not if you don't have a certain level of focus, togetherness, and effort. And I know that's gonna make a lot of like analytic head man analytics heads mad because we're not talking about like three point percentages or, or pick and rolls, but Really, sometimes it just boils down to that. And yeah. that, I mean, I, I, I do have a bone to pick, though, with, like, some some of, like, the broadcasters. They don't really bring up Latoya Sanders. Um, Enough. And she, to me, uh, and you can look at every advance, yep. every advanced stat, every yep. single thing you look at when you look at Absolutely. Latoya Sanders suggests that she is one of the best defensive players in the league, mm -hmm. not just on this team. One of the best defensive exactly. players in this league. And to me, she was just so – she'd be so perfect for the situation. Not only will she provide a lot of defensive help, um, which they sorely need, especially yes. down low, but yes. she's just kind of, you know, Latoya is always the same. Yep. Every time you walked into the locker room, it was the same thing. Didn't matter if it was a win, a 20 point win. Didn't matter if it was a 20 point loss. Didn't, you know, she, she gave, she gave exactly, she said exactly what was on her mind. <laughs> and she would, and she's just such a, she may not, she's not like Natasha cloud. Who's like, the vocal, you know, the exactly. vocal leader of everything, mm -hmm. but she was a leader in that, you know, it was always the same, you know, we're, yep. we're, we're, <laughs> we're on this, we're just like floating along and we're going to go exactly. and we're going to be better the next day. So to me, I, I hope uh, people kind of realize how important she is. Cause it's not just, it's not just EDD and Natasha. Um, right. I think, I think Latoya played a huge, a, a huge role defensively yeah. and offensively. Um, yeah. So a thousand percent um, true. A thousand percent true. And and we need to talk about her more, you know, and, and we do bring her up, but I think just uh, for me personally, just to, to know um, how much respect was lacking for her presence last year in their championship run. I mean, yeah. I'm going to do a better job of talking huh. about her too. I mean, we've, we've brought her up, but it, yeah. it really is. I mean, I think yesterday it was just a stark example of, of what her presence 
meant to the Mystics last year. And, you know, I was tweeting along, um, watching the game last night, and I was just like, man, if Latoya Sanders was in there, what a difference she yeah. would make for, for everything they're doing on the floor, both sides, right? Um, just mm-hmm. she made great decisions. She was on the offensive glass. Like, just her overall um, uncanniness just to find a way uh, to get stops, find a way to get a bucket, and, and to give the team momentum. And they just sometimes need that kind of a kickstart player uh, to yeah. get things going. And I thought last night, like, boy, that would sure be Latoya Sanders if we could sub her in right now, you know? Yep. Um, but much respect for the players who are sitting out. I get it. It's not a complaint, oh, yeah. no, but I it's, totally just, it's just an observation. Just, just, for, just to, like, give a little bit of proof to what I was saying about the advanced stats as Christie's cat gets up into the window <laughs> Dewey. Uh, Dewey Dewey is looking extremely <laughs> cute in this zoom window but she was uh she was in the top 10 of PIPM last year uh, mm-hmm. and she had she had one of the highest number of wins added um this is a very complicated stat that you know I'm I'm still like kind of workshopping how much I trust it but <laughs> it's in that stat it's in the defensive rating stats everywhere Latoya Sanders has been wildly important Okay, but we do. We'll, we we should talk about other teams because we're gonna get. We could yell about the Mystics, all podcasts. Um, but let's talk about who they played. Uh, Minnesota. They are uh, looking great. They're six and two. They have the second best defensive rating in the WNBA. Um, Sylvia Fowles looks like an MVP candidate. She, yeah. I uh, don't have her stats right in front of me. I'll pull that up for um, a little no, bit. She had a- Double double. I know she had that last night. She's, so. she's been an absolute double double machine. They lead the yeah. league in offensive rebounding rate, one hundred percent because of um, Sill. And I, you know, I owe. Let me uh, let me pull up Sill's numbers. So Sill is putting up sixteen point seven points per game and eleven point three rebounds per game mm. and one point mm. three blocks and a mm. steal per game. Come Just on, like, mm. come uh, with it, Sill. <laughs> so I owe Cheryl Reeve an apology, and I know Uh-oh. she's I know she's waiting for it too. That's the thing, because <laughs> um, I said in the offseason I kind of ripped their their free agency um, because you know Simone Augustus left somewhat acrimoniously, um, right. and they picked up uh, really in her place they picked up Shanice Johnson mm-hmm. and um, who else did they pick up? They picked up Rachel Bannum. Um, yep. Shanice was looking really good. Then she got hurt. She's been out for, I think, four games now. Yeah. Bantam actually look, has looked very good in the past three yeah. games. Yeah, she has. Their draft picks are working out really well. Lexi Brown looks like a great point guard. Odyssey Sim's going to play this year. So, yeah, who, who would have thunk some guy with a Twitter account was wrong about <laughs> one of the greatest coaches in basketball history? Uh, so I'd like to apologize right now to Cheryl Reed because, I mean, to me, they're a championship contender. Do you agree with that? I do just because of the way they play defense. I mean, they're, they're second in the WNBA in steals, uh, or they were prior to the game last night. I don't mm-hmm. know what, uh, how the stats shifted, but I know they're one of the top teams in terms of getting stops. And Lexi Brown, as you mentioned, I mean, for all the offensive thing that, things that she has done well, you know, it's her defensive prowess that, that really stands out to me because she uh, was leading the WNBA in steals with three a game going into the Mystics game yesterday. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she is just uh, very well balanced, but brings that energy. And with Sylvia Fowles, her right. ability to do everything um, 
on the interior that they need her to do. I mean, she's just a problem and she's been able to sustain her production, which I think is most impressive for sure. And she's just a difference maker for them inside. And I just think that Cheryl Reeve, obviously, I mean, she is a basketball savant. She knows how to um, maneuver and um, in-game adjustments, um, ATOs, like everything, like all of her, her schemes um, defensively, I think, are, are impressive if you if you watch and critique it. I just think it's a lot of fun to learn <laughs> a lot of yeah. intricacies about the game by watching how she coaches it. And she is just um, an amazing ambassador for the WNBA in that regard and a lot of other ways as well um, with her voice and having uh, former WNBA players on her bench as assistant coaches, I think mm -hmm. is also awesome with uh, Katie Smith and um, Plant Pearson, if I'm not wrong on, on Planet, yeah. right? And Rebecca, um, and Rebecca so, Brunson. And Rebecca Brunson. How could I forget the DMV's yeah. own Oxon Hill <laughs> High School? My girl, <laughs> uh, Rebecca Brunson, Becky Brunson, probably, just an amazing person and player as well. It's probably because you thought she could still play because she seems like she could still play. I know, I, you know, <laughs> is she not on the roster? Oh yeah, she retired, okay. <laughs> Yeah, Becky Brunson, big time. And she's a sweetheart. I've known her since she was like 12 years old. So um, just, to, yeah, just to see her uh, just go off and, and be a pro the way that she had five rings. And yeah, just an amazing person too. I love her. No, it was really, it was really great to see. I mean, and they keep playing this on the WNBA League Pass. So I'm sure some people are sick of it, but uh, to see her, <laughs> her and Syl get uh, yes. like that little ceremony when Syl took over the record for all time. Uh, leader in, re in career rebounds beautiful yes. beautiful little thing i love that they got to do that um because it happened yeah. right before halftime um but awesome. yeah you know minnesota has a 5.7 net rating that's fourth best in the league uh they're they're behind the storm the aces and the sparks so clearly mm -hmm. to me they are in the mix really health is going to be yeah. i think to me the biggest factor um yeah. you know nafisa Nafisa's looking good. She seems like a tank. I don't, I'm not worried about her. <laughs> um, like, you know, she takes so many hits a game. I think, right. yes, she got, she got nailed at some point. Just like, yeah, right back on. saw that. Um, yep. She also has a really good podcast with Asia Wilson. Yeah, it's awesome. It. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's really cute. I love it. Uh, but I, you know, I think if uh, Odyssey can come back and look like her herself, I think she's still, uh, I'm not sure if, She's served her two-game suspension, um, but she she may she may be able to come back in the next game after yes. giving birth, like in I think in April. Which mind-boggling what these women I do. I know, I know it. I, you know, and I've had three children, and I you know I remember when Candace Parker came back. I remember when Cheryl Swoops came back, mm -hmm. Tina Thompson, and you know I just think that when you have uh, a purpose in your life, I think children just enhance it. Mm -hmm. So it just makes you go even harder uh, for them, you know? And uh, yeah, amazing that she's gonna be able to just uh, uh, have a baby in April and then pop out on the, on the court and, what do you and, think hoop, the, and hoop it up. What do you think like the, the what, what's gonna be sort of like the biggest physical challenge um, for her? Like what, what, I don't know, what, what are the yeah. bigger physical challenges when you're pregnant versus when you have an injury? Um, as far as coming back? Oh, man. I just think, you know, towards the end of the pregnancy, I'm not sure how long she worked out in her pregnancy mm -hmm. and all of that, but I just think your rhythm, you know, it just like, it's almost like an injury in that regard where your, your rhythm is off. You, you can't do the same things you were doing. And when you 
don't do those things for a period of time, um, your rhythm is off. Mm -hmm. And I also think that, you know, your body balance is different. I mean, my God, I was like yeah. huge. <laughs> I was huge with all three of our kids. And um, yeah, it, it took uh, a while to to walk around and feel okay. Like I, I didn't mm -hmm. play after that, so I can't even speak on that. But just to be able to, you know, get your body balanced back because your whole posture changes when, when you have a baby. And, you know, all of my kids were, were over eight, nine, but Bree was almost 10 Ooh. pounds, the big babies. So yeah. I'm, I'm lugging around like <laughs> human, you know, it, it's, it's tough on the body. So I think, you know, a lot of things, um, your spine moves, like all the different, uh, your postures changed. And I think just, it's tough on your, on your legs and knees, you know, just to have that extra weight that you're, that you're bearing. I, I just think that it's, um, it's admirable for her to be able to, get back in condition. I mean, Skylar Diggins Smith, I mean, oh, yeah. um, is another example. And she was just saying, I'm going to get out there when I feel like I can. And boy, she is balling out right yeah. now <laughs> in Phoenix. So she looks fantastic. So I think it's a process and everybody's different. And usually they say nine months up, nine months down, you okay. know? And, and that's typically when you start kind of um, air coding, feeling like yourself um, okay. and, and in all ways, like the adjustment of being a new mom is hard. And, you know, you just have a lot of other things that you're dealing with outside of, you know, is the ball going in the hoop? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot yeah. of other uh, aspects to it physically and mentally that you're getting through at that, at that moment. Yeah. That's, in that's interesting though. I mean, I, I, um, these women are just superheroes. Like, yes. you know, it's so impressive, like to just, you know, Hey, like coming back from, uh, the, not only do a lot of these women have to come back from your, your everyday run of the mill sort of basketball injuries, like yeah. torn Achilles, torn ACLs, fighting through stuff like that. Yeah. When you add in, you know, that, that what you're saying, nine months up, nine months down for a pregnancy yeah. and she's coming back. What it, it's, she probably, I think she had, she had five the baby months? sometime in March or April. So it's been around yeah. five, six, six months, maybe. And, and know, all <laughs> of, all of that lack of sleep from having a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, no naps. What a, a super, a superhero, <laughs> a superhero yeah. for, uh, it, for in the Odyssey Sims. Um, yeah. I hope she comes back and plays just as well as she did last year. Um, as far as what I'm concerned about with Minnesota, um their turnover rate is still a little bit high the turnover percentage mm -hmm. is about the fourth worst in the league um they're not weirdly they're not a good defensive rebounding team mm -hmm. um so they need to get some more bodies on bodies on the defensive glass they are the best offensive rebounding team in the yes. in the league um yes. but they they need to do a little bit better job on the defensive glass and turn it not turn the ball over um, unfortunately, I think Odyssey Sims may contribute to the turnover problem. <laughs> high risk, high reward, though. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. gotta let her go. <laughs> yeah, I think and she's awesome. Oh, yeah. she is awesome. I, I'm yeah. really interested to see how it's gonna work with her and Lexi Brown and kind of yep. you know what what the how do you keep Lexi uh, this efficient and this effective when Odyssey comes back. And I think there will be a little bit of an adjustment period where they may look a little bad, but they'll, they'll stabilize and get back to uh, the top of the league too. Um, but let's go to the, to the absolute top of the league, the pinnacle of the league right now. Uh, 
the Seattle Storm. They yes. are absolutely unbelievable. They haven't lost since that Mystics game, which right. we made far too much of. <laughs> they yeah, are seven yeah. and they're seven and one. Uh, best everything in the league. I, I don't think there's a, there's any statistical. Uh, so they have the best net rating in the league. They yeah. are the third, fourth best offense, best defense, everything you could ever want. Um, they're doing it. And Brianna Stewart. I said this stat the other day, and it's changed since the one game. So uh, Stewie's having a historic season. She's putting up she 20 is. points per game, 7.9 rebounds, 3.6 assists per game, 2.3 steals, 1.5 blocks. No player in WNBA history has ever done that before with 20 points per game, at least seven rebounds, at least three assists, at least two steals, and at least one block. No mm-hmm. one's ever done that. I'm going to get – let's do a little trivia. There are two players who have gotten close. <laughs> two players who have uh, gotten close. Who are they? Uh, Candace Parker. No. Am I wrong? No? Oh. Lauren yeah, Jackson. Right. No. Lauren Jackson. Oh, wow. Della Dunn. No. Darn. It's Tamika Catchings. I'm thinking blocks, like all that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tamika. Tamika Catchings. Okay. That one makes sense. And, and Cheryl Swoops also did it. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how she got all those blocks because 1.5 blocks, like one, one block a game is a lot for a car. Yeah. That's why I was going big. <laughs> exactly. So Cheryl, wow, Cheryl Swoops okay. got close to that. Okay. Um, and Tamika, Tamika's got, Tamika ha- didn't have the points. She was mm-hmm. close in like four years and she didn't have the 20 points per game. Right. But if, Everything Stewie, else. <laughs> if Stewie continues at this pace, which it kind of seems like she will, yeah, she will have a singular season in WNBA history. So wow. uh, my question is, how do you stop him? Or is there someone that can stop? Is there any way to stop this team? I think if you saw after the Chicago game on social media, <laughs> Seattle yeah. posted um, themselves up in the clouds kind of thing behind yeah, yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> Chicago skies, uh, bicycle riding down in uh, Bradenton, Florida. I just think that's what they are doing to every single team right now in yep. the WNBA, just kind of hovering above mm-hmm. everyone um, just because of their efficient play. I just think that it's, that it's tough. I think when you are talking about, you know, the efficient offense that Brianna Stewart presents to, to every single team. I mean, she has been phenomenally efficient uh, with that. But I think with, with Gary Kloppenberg and what he said uh, after the Chicago game about their defense is what has had them standing alone as of late with their record, only one loss. I think he said that they, they forced 22 turnovers and scored 25 points off of those. And when you can have that kind of um, output by your defensive pressure. I just think that that, that gives you so much confidence and mm-hmm. that gives you so much more energy to produce on the offensive end. And just to be able to turn teams over the way that they have been able to do, I think that has been the most impressive thing. And yes, the winning is, is a microcosm of, of all of these yeah. things that it takes to win. But I just think when you're, when you're looking at the mix of players, I mean, Sammy Wickham, she's been playing great. I, I mean, oh, and then Sammy. now Sue Bird's supposed to be coming back tonight. So she's probable. So we'll see what that looks like. She's been out with that bone bruise on her left knee and mm-hmm. um, for the last five games, but, but in those five games, I mean, the X factor has been, 
Alicia Clark. I mean, oh, yeah. she's been in double figures in, in all five of the games that uh, Sue Bird has been out. So they have just this well-balanced, well-oiled machine, and they are going out and, and operating full throttle. Yep. And it's just, been, it's just been fun to watch them and, you know, just to continue to learn what they do well. Yep. Alicia, Alicia is my favorite player currently playing. She's my second favorite player overall because Tristan Toller is my favorite player in the league. <laughs> I remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> But Alicia, I just love – God, she does everything. Like, I, yep. every team – every good team needs an Alicia Clark yes. because she fills the gaps defensively. She's going to come over and get blocks on the, from the weak side. She's going to mm-hmm. shoot the gaps and get pick sixes. She's going to, you know, but she's going to post up on smaller guards. She's going to pull bigger forwards out. She does everything for this team, both yep. physically on the court and mentally – with her, with her call, calling out on defense, her vocal leadership in the locker room, just I love her game. I love everything she brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, I mean, the, I don't see a way you can stop this team. Like they, they win in so many different ways. Like you're looking yeah. at, if you looked at their advanced box scores, like, okay, they, they beat up on Chicago. They scored 89 points. They shot 50% from the field. They shot 50% from three. They still had 14 turnovers and it didn't matter right. at all. <laughs> against against Phoenix, they had 24 turnovers. They shot 38% from the field. And they still won by six points against one of the best right. teams in the league. And yeah. what was awesome about that game was, um, I think in the third quarter, Sophie Cunningham, as she does, like hit, hit <laughs> Brianna Stewart a little bit yeah. hard on a pick. Gave a little her, gave extra. Her a little, little extra. Um, little extra. And Brianna Stewart just came back and canned three threes in a row like it was nothing. Contested like, threes. Contested. And it was just like, okay, this game's <laughs> over. We can all go home. Um, yeah. And, you know, I just think there's no way there's no way to beat them if they're playing. If they stay healthy and even, like, moderately healthy, right? Because Super, right. as you mentioned, has been out for five games. Right. If they stay healthy, I don't see a way anyone can can get close to them. And I'm not sure. I, I argued for – earlier this week, I argued for Asia Wilson being the MVP. If Seattle plays this well and Stewie puts up that stat line, yeah it's over you know she's gonna win it going away Um, it's so tough man and I know I mean Natasha Howard hasn't even really been playing that well yet for the team so I mean you you still have players that have yet to get into their full mode of production and their their big offseason acquisition Morgan Tuck hasn't played well yeah but um, Ezzy Magmagor has uh, the rookie the little baby I mean she turns uh, 21 tomorrow I mean she is a kid and she is out there just commanding respect um, shooting 70% from the floor and she is the number 12 overall pick in the draft this year and not too many people knew a lot about her here because she's from mm-hmm. um, Australia New Zealand but she is uh, just a bona fide winner uh, just her length alone and her footwork alone uh, set her apart um, and especially with her being so young, we were talking about inexperience. Sometimes, you know, when you come in with, with lack of experience, sometimes you're not as confident, but this kid, she doesn't have a ton of experience, yeah. but she is super confident and tremendously impactful for the Seattle team off the bench. And she said that Crystal Langhorn has been the one who has been in her ear to kind of guide her through uh, WNBA yeah but she's like she's letting her know like hey mm-hmm. this is what this team likes to do here's where you can maximize what you do well 
right? So you have that kind of leadership and support from your teammates. And, you know, I just think, um, as a, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, she is just a tremendous talent. I'm super excited about her and, and the game <laughs> just because she's in it. Like she is, she is an exciting young player in the WNBA. She, uh, she's six, four. Yes. Currently in her WNBA picture, she has braces on, which is, yes, she does. is like perfect, <laughs> like encapsulation of how young she is. That's yeah. six, four. And she's, she's more or less a center. I'd say, um, mm-hmm. she hit a Euro. She like, did. Coming, coming down straight from the lane, hit like a perfect Euro step. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> stop and it. Long, yeah. Long strides too. And I mean, it was just insane. I think uh, Brianna Stewart was was speaking with Holly Rowe after the game mm-hmm. too, and she asked her about Ezzy, and she said that hey, she has the Euro, she has all these things, uh, you know, in her in her repertoire. And I mean, Stewie's excited, you know, to be playing alongside of her. So I just think it's it's just fun to watch players like that um, continue to evolve. But it's hard to fathom what she's going to do next. Like it's scary yeah. to know that she's only 20 years old until tomorrow, but 21 <sighs> and still super young as well. Yes. So yeah, she's a, a sweet, sweet girl too. And, you know, just speaking with her after that game, Chicago game, she, she's just humble and this is what it is. And mm-hmm. she just goes out there and, and does her job. And it's just, uh, it's exciting to see players like that who embrace their role and come in just, in a genuine manner, wanting to get better and learn. Yeah. And I have, all right, so I have a kind of dumb question. Uh, when Sue Bray comes back, do you, do you put her in the starting line? Like, I, it's super, it's super. I don't think yeah. Sue's going to care if you keep her in the, off the starting lineup. So let's yeah, start there. <laughs> well, it, it, I think she, if because Jordan Canada is yeah. playing extremely well, and she really, um, I think, kind of solidifies – um, Seattle's defense so just right. for you know a, a week here to get Sue kind of like get dip, dipping her feet back in the water the keeper the the keeper out of the starting lineup <laughs> all no. right so I said it was a dumb question I know I'm over here shaking my head I know this is not I know this is an audio medium I I know that but um no that's 10 toes down that's 10 toes down for Sue Bird Sue Bird starting and if you need to you know monitor her minutes after yeah. that, then okay, but no, you you gotta just throw her out there. I don't know what her practices have looked like, and as we said earlier, you know it's been every other day, so practices are probably pretty much of a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. So uh, for every team, so I think that you know you test it, you test the waters after you put her out there, see what she feels like, okay. see what she looks like, <laughs> and then monitor it. But I could be wrong on that. But I'm I'm super competitive. So yeah. I would, if I've been out five games and, you know, the last couple practices, I've kind of been walking through things and then game night is tonight, 10 toes down for Super. She's starting. <laughs> she's she's okay. in. She's in. <laughs> okay. So I have a slightly less dumb question, um, <laughs> which, all right, so who, uh, you know, we have, as, as we mentioned, we, we have a bunch of contenders here. Um, I think Seattle's clearly at the top of the stack. But you have, you know, Aces, Sparks, Lynx, Mercury, Sky, or really that next group. Maybe the Sun can sneak in there if they continue playing well. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick one, which one of those teams gives uh, the Sparks the biggest problems? Wow, that's a great question. 
Great question. Um, I'm thinking, uh, you know, with the Aces, I think that, you know, a team with, with comparable size inside mm -hmm. uh, could give them issues. Um, I think LA could be a team that could challenge yes. them. And I know that, um, you know, it's their speed too, you know, and the way yep. they spread yep. the floor and they have the size. So I would say, I would say LA. Um, and okay. Chicago, LA and Chicago, I think are the teams. And I know, um, that they have met and they'll, they'll continue to do battle and, and see what it looks like. But I just think with the team, like, um, the Vegas ACE, I, th I just think you have to have like board work. Mm -hmm. You have to have speed against them, but you also have to be able to board and yeah. you have to have the size in there. Um, with Wilson and, and swords and then McBride is tough. Angel McCautry, like you have to have, <laughs> you have to have people who can defend on the interior um, yes. and not, you don't have to have size for that, but it helps a whole lot when you <laughs> have, when you have players who can move like Asia Wilson can move and you know, you, you gotta have people that can offset that. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, like, so I think Chicago, Minnesota, and Las Vegas are clearly at a um, disadvantage in terms – I mean, everyone's at a disadvantage in terms of talent against a team like Seattle. Mm -hmm. But they are at a, a, a higher disparity of, t of talent because of, you know, they don't have – Aces don't have Liz Cambage. Sky just right. don't – like, maybe Diamond, when she is fully healthy, she can prove to be that sort of top-tier um, elite talent to give them another one of those type of players that can kind of – get after you um mm -hmm. so but to me you know you kind of got to just match talent for talent right uh, as much as you can and to me the two teams that can do that are the sparks and the mercury uh yeah. mercury mercury's big three is excellent uh they, they, they've been really really good diane Rossi is hurt uh, she has a back injury um so right. we're not we're not entirely sure um what if she's going to be able to come back, we're not entirely sure. It, they've said it's unrelated to the back injury that kept her out last year. Good news. Right. But until we see that, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of discount the Mercury. So I'm with you. I think the Sparks, to me, are the one team that I can say, okay, what? how does it go? It's the clearest path for me to beat the the, the Storm because it's like, okay, we have Candace Parker. We have right. Nakia Gumake. Right. We have, we have Chelsea Gray. You know, we, Raquana Williams balling out. Like, yes, she is. That that's a team to me that um, can match up the best with the storm because mm -hmm. I just you know I love the sky and I love the links too but I just don't see them having enough talent to kind of you can you're not going to be able to out scheme Seattle you know you can't mm -hmm. scheme out of of not having the same level of talent as them um, right. so I think the sparks are kind of the pick I'm I'm going with now the sky though you know we we they are a big question mark because of. Um, Diamond's health and I think a lot of people were picking this guy to get to the finals and challenge Seattle because mm -hmm. of Diamond Diamond taking that next step and until we can see her doing that right. um, I'm just worried I don't think they have a, a good matchup against uh, Seattle yeah and I agree with you in, in terms of the LA Sparks I mean Candace Parker is just phenomenal Amazing. I mean she was one assist off of a triple double the other mm -hmm. night and 
you know, and we were talking triple doubles when you're talking Candace Parker on the court. She's also triple doubling off the court with her work with TNT and being a mom down there in Bradenton to her daughter, Layla, and playing professional basketball. I mean, that's a triple double too. So you have to give her a ton of credit. But I just think the way that she's leading the team, I think, you know, she's had double doubles in the last several games for the Sparks and I think just her overall leadership, you can see it. It's not just um, her stats. You can mm -hmm. see that she's teaching and, oh, yeah. and communicating on both sides of the court with her teammates and her coaching staff. I just think that it's really a, a, a fun environment for her right now. And she is really just clicking on all cylinders in all ways. And it's, it's just awesome to see that for Candace Parker. Yeah, and shout out to Sydney Weiss too. Yes. And that contract and the again that extension and cashing it in immediately. Sparks got to be yep. happy because uh, she yep. looks great. Money Moan looking good. I mean, it, it, you know, they have they have the pieces. Um, mm -hmm. They don't have the depth of Seattle. No one. It, that's the thing is no one has yep. both the talent and the depth of Seattle. There you go. That and I there's not a team that's gonna have that. So to me, it's like, well, what do you what are you gonna value more? That sort of depth scheme sort of feel that that continuity from minnesota and in chicago or just like the raw talent of la of a phoenix to a lesser extent the aces although the aces are looking very strong defensively i'm just concerned you know they don't shoot threes so it's gonna be a little hard to beat a team <laughs> yeah can't threes it. at any moment right uh, but i yeah i really am excited to see uh that matchup play out but we'll, we'll have to we'll have to keep tabs on it maybe something changes during the season that Seattle kind of takes a dip but I don't see it happening, so. <laughs> I don't know they're they're I mean even without Bird you know in the lineup you know I think that they have been clicking and yeah. they they've had this great rhythm um you know like you said Jordan Canada is playing great um Wickham's playing great uh, Mercedes Russell comes in there and, and does a good job off the bench like they just have players who are solid in their roles yep you know and and that's what makes them so dangerous for sure yeah and i think um you know i i, I don't want to make it seem like it's fate to come play like see i was gonna <laughs> win the tie because remember last year i mean it was pretty it was pretty clear that the mystics were the best team in the league they still went to five games against aces they still yeah. went to five games against connecticut if, if john paul jones does not get her fifth foul in the last in the fourth quarter of game five you know, on a kind of ticky-tack charge, like, hey, Connecticut may be the champions. Right. I believe – yeah, I, I believe that in, in the Aces um, playoff series, I believe it was 3-1 Washington, I believe. I may be wrong but, on that. But it's, been a, it's been a while. Oh, and yeah, no, 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 you're right. It was, it was four it, games, I believe. Yeah. But still, but still, I mean, four out of five games. So if you listen and then to Kelsey Plum, she got, fouled, she got fouled in, I believe, game one at the end of the game, and she'll tell you that they should have had that game. That, so, was, that was a tough one. I remember I think uh, Deladon couldn't put the brakes on yeah. uh, fast enough and kind of, you know, made a little uh, – Faux pas at the okay. at the buzzer. It ain't, it ain't I remember a foul that. unless they call it. It ain't a and foul. No whistle. Yeah. No whistle. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll see about Seattle. I think we'll still have a very exciting finals, no matter how good we think Seattle is, or a yeah. very exciting playoffs, no matter how good we think Seattle is. So absolutely, um, eight teams. Eight teams are going to get in there, and it's going to be a battle. So it's going to be fun to watch that too. No, do you? Uh, 
you want to talk at all about what's happened in college sports? I mean, you know, we, we have a little bit of time. Um, yeah, sure. I, you know, everything just kind of uh, came out over the weekend about the possibility of some power five conferences, not having their fall sports seasons. And, and yesterday, you know, with the big 10 and the, and the pac 12 saying, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to push it forward to possibly playing in the spring. But I just think it's so difficult if all leagues aren't on the same page with it, because then now you're talking about, you know, you're not going to have a, a national champion then because yeah. you're, you're taking teams out of these power five conferences and, you know, a lot of talk has been about football, but there's volleyball too, that you're missing yeah, out on soccer, especially big 10 volleyball that has like top 10 teams mm -hmm. across the board. So, I mean, you're in essence, like that's, that's disrupting um, volleyball as well. So I know every, every news outlet and every tweet kind of that you see just yeah. about is like skewed towards uh, college football, which I understand um, in terms of financial um, things that are going on because of no football in the fall for these uh, power five conferences. But, you know, there are also volleyball teams that are, you know, national elite level who are wondering what they're going to do. Yep. And I think that needs to be discussed a little bit uh, more than it is or a lot more than it is, because I mean, these players are, you know, especially the seniors, you know, this, this season coming up this fall, they would normally be beginning their, their senior year. And I just think that it's unfathomable. I, I don't know if I could deal with that mentally. I mean, you have yeah, to, because have that's to. what's in front of you, but how do you process through that? And there's no guarantee that you're going to play in the spring because they mm -hmm. haven't even figured it out yet. And, and that's, I mean, scheduling wise, like if you had these non-conference games, all those go away now. Right. So, yeah. And then you have these three other power five conferences that are still waiting in the balance to see what they're going to do. But I just, I think everyone just needs to be on the same page with it. And yes. then if you're going to do something in the spring, then now you have a, a bona fide schedule where you have a national level competition, where you can say with certainty that this is the national champion yep. for this season period. Like there's no asterisk by it. Uh, there, there are no questions about it. Um, yeah, but we won the championship, but there two conferences yeah. didn't compete nationally. I don't, I just don't think that's fair. I just think that if you're going to do it, yeah, and, and as painful as it is financially and otherwise, you're gonna have to just stay on the same page with one another, of course. and 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 do it for the kids. Like the kid, like they want. Uh, I would want to play everybody, right? I don't want to yeah. modify. I don't want a modified uh, conference only competition season i i want to play the best and i want to earn the title right. and i think the safest way right now to do that is to push everything forward a bit and yeah. just start the the competition uh later in the spring and then well, go through june or whatever but play well as it uh, well as it relates to basketball because we're, we're a basketball podcast um but yeah. as it relates to basketball like uh the i the only conference, I think the Pac-12 and then some group of five conferences, not to diminish what, what they're doing, but um, the Pac-12 is the only power five conference to say, we're pushing everything, all sports, to at least after June, uh, after the new year. Right. Um, so that, that directly affects basketball. Technically, the Big yes. Ten has not said anything. 
re- on basketball. Um, they will. It, eventually, everyone's going to have to do what the Pac-12 did. That's just mm-hmm. the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of – it's exactly what we're saying. I wish we were just on the same page. It's kind of a reflection of – all of this is a reflection of what's going on in the country. You, yes. you, you can't have – we can't have sports when coronavirus is out of control. And if we had taken steps to, to per- possibly, you know, th- control the virus in, in March or in any time before now, yes. like they did in many other countries, hey, maybe we could have had college sports. Maybe we could feel good about sending our kids to college to learn, not even Thank to play you. sports. And it's just so, it's such a reflection of exactly what has happened in this country as far as there's no leadership from the NCAA. The NCAA, Mm -hmm. the only job they think they have is to keep players as amateurs. That's the only job they think they have. And they have not, they have completely abdicated the responsibility to all of the athletes, to all the coaches, to all the fans, to all the students. Because remember, at the end of the day, like, they're supposed to be students and you're not, yes. you have a responsibility to tell them what is happening with their lives. And the NCAA has completely said, well, you know what? That's up to the conferences. Then why do we have an NCAA in the first place? And it's the exact same thing that's happened with the federal government. And I don't, you know, I don't want to get too political, but <laughs> it's the exact same thing that's happened with the federal government and the state governments and the local governments. You can't just keep kicking the can down the road and making everyone have no collective response to a crisis like this. It has to come from the top. It has to be collective. It has to be together and it wasn't and that is why we're not getting college sports it's not because we don't we don't want the athletes to play of course the athletes want to play they're athletes that's what they do yeah but we can't send them into something with no planning with no guidelines with no regulations and not doing it together and you know i i just it just infuriates me that we are in this position because no one took responsibility everyone say you know we're gonna kick the can down the road we're gonna kick the can down the road and you know what Good on the Big Ten and the back and the Pac-12 for doing what they think is morally right. Good yeah. on them. I'm I'm happy that they did that. But it would have been a whole hell of a lot better if it happened three months ago. When we knew what was gonna, when we knew that there had to be a decision made, and they just kept yep. kicking the can down the road. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree with that. And and it's and it's frustrating because when you hear comments like, "Well, they're young. If they get it, they'll shake it off." Okay, well, that's just. Um, so problematic. It was, it's, it's moronic. Um, that's what it is. And I'm not sorry. I just think that you can't uh, risk it all like that. And when I say risk it all, I mean by saying something like that. Yeah. And I mean, people have families, people have um, generational households where their grandparents may be living mm-hmm. with them. Like you have to take that all into account. There are layers to this thing. This isn't just some fly by night, um, oh, um, just take a, an aspirin and keep it moving. This is a deadly pandemic that we are sitting in the middle of. And it doesn't just impact the student athletes. It impacts their families, the families of the coaches. What if coaches have a yeah. newborn baby at yeah. home? And, you know, it's not just on the surface. And I think when you don't have that kind of view in terms of a big picture of what's actually happening um, in our country, I just think that it's it's misguided, it's misinformed, and it's insensitive to the highest degree. And it doesn't make sense when the leadership has just say, just go out and play, and if you get sick, you'll be all right. And it's just well, figure so, it out on your own. It's just it it. As a mother, um, I think that that is the most insensitive angle and approach to 
um, having any kind of compassion for these student athletes and their families, my God. And uh, it's just, um, it's just something that, like we said earlier, it just needs to be done on a collective basis. Everybody needs to be on the same page with it or, or else why are we really here? What are we really mm -hmm. saying to these student athletes? And yes, you want to play. We want you to play, but we want you to play in a safe environment. We want you to get on an airplane, but if they're turning planes around because people yeah. are protesting wearing a mask, then guess what? You're not flying. You know, it's just yeah. that simple. And, oh, well, everybody's doing it. Well, everybody is not being smart then because yeah. that's not a wise choice. And just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Um, and that's as a parent, that's what you say, right? You're, well, you'd be forced well, everybody's to do doing it. it. Yeah, everybody's doing it. So I should be able to do it too, right, mom? No, like <laughs> that, that doesn't make it right just because it's uh, collectively being done outside the box, outside what the CDC is saying, outside what um, everyone is saying in terms of getting rid of this thing. And I just think that if more people would be on the same page with it, and, and if you're not, you need to understand why people yeah. are, uh, are on that page of, of taking caution. You need to respect that. Just like we're respecting players who are opting out of playing professional sports. Like you have to respect that. They have their own individual circumstances. And I, if you put that pressure on these kids, uh, maybe there are kids who don't want to play and, and their programs want to play. What do, yeah. what do we do with those kids? Like, what are we saying to them? And what if they're like, well, my grandma lives with me. I don't want to get sick and bring that home. And I may be able to fight through it, but she might die. Like, and we're telling 18 to 22 year old kids to make that kind of choice. What is really going on? Well, it's, 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 I don't on get top it. Of, I don't like it. On top of that. Yeah. Okay. So they, I think the NCAA said, well, you know, you can't, you can't uh, take away a scholarship this year because of mm -hmm. an opt out. Guess what? They could take the scholarship away next year. Cause it's not guaranteed every right. year. Every year renewable. Yeah. It, it's it. Who is caring about these kids? You, like long-term bottom line, who is caring about these kids? Cause it's clearly not the NCAA. It's clearly not the conferences who are still trying to play. And I, and Hey, I guess, you know, you could say I'm being dramatic, but guess what? You can't just send kid. You can't just tell, Hey, 20, 18 to 22 year olds, go, go make this decision because you'll be fine. No, I won't. I need no. to go to school. Right. And you're going to take away my scholarship. If I say I don't want to play because of COVID, you're going to take See? away my scholarship. If I say, well, I'm not, I'm not comfortable getting on a plane, like get, get out of here. I just, I'm so infuriated yeah. by the lack of adult leadership in college sports. And I think we're coming to a reckoning and I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that what Trevor Lawrence says that he wants to create a college football players association I think every single sport needs that, needs a collective voice. I, maybe it's not a union, maybe it's something else, but you cannot, you have to have a voice for the players from the players with people looking out for their interests because currently no one is doing that. No right. one. And, right. and no one's looking out for our interests either as a society or as, a, as just you know, parents and families and people who care about kids going to college, let alone mind. athletes. Right. Let alone and athletes. Exactly. And, and you know, what's dramatic? I mean, you're not being dramatic. You're being genuinely honest. And I'll tell you what's dramatic. Death from yep. this disease is dramatic. That's, that's dramatic and traumatic. Listen, yep. let's listen to, let's, let's think about that part of it. Right. And look at the numbers uh, of that right now and, and how many people have lost their lives 
because they have just gone out and and just treated life like it was this time last year and not taking any precautions. I mean, when I see people at the grocery store with mask on, I, I'm smiling under my mask, yeah. like, thank you for protecting me. Right. Thanks and and thanks for, I think it's for caring. And, you know, and then when I see people without it, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is why we can't have nice things because yes. there are people who are non-compliant to the, the best thing for everyone. Right. And it might not be the best thing for you, but guess what? You have to be a team player. And that's why you see um, these bubbles um, being created for the WNBA and the NBA because they know better. Like we saw what happened with baseball and, and how that just blew up, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. right away. And, you know, it's like striking a match. And it's, it's just, um, you know, it's very simple. There's a simple solution. And, and that's just to, to be cautious and to take um, everyone's individual circumstance into account and have compassion for one another. Yes have love and compassion for one another and don't just be reckless and selfish and, and just say, well, you deal with it. If you get it, it is what it is. It's yeah. not what it is. It shouldn't be what it is. It should be changed and there should be compassion. And that's why we have to wait now um, to have our student yep. athletes play their sports that they have worked their entire lives to, to do. Um, and they definitely want to play, but let's just make it safe for them. Let's just make sure that we have all of the T's crossed and the I's dotted when it comes to the health and protection of these student athletes and their families and the families of the coaches. Um, let's make sure that we are understanding that it's not on the level and on the surface, but it's like a glacier where it's deep down in there. There are roots to this thing. There are layers to this issue. And I think more people need to understand that uh, full on. At the end yep. of the day, that's what matters, like um, preserving people's lives, right? Not mm -hmm. their pocketbooks. And yes, it's going to hurt financially, but I'd rather have a financial hit than somebody that I love or know or and am connected to uh, pass away from this deadly virus mm -hmm. that is still out there with too many questions than answers in terms of how to get rid of it. We need we need collective action. Just bottom yes. line, you need to get you need to give a bleep about the person standing next to you. Generally, yes. in, in all of the things we were talking about, you need to give a bleep about the person standing next to you. And if you don't, guess what? We don't get college football. We don't get yep. college, we don't get college basketball, we don't get college volleyball, we don't get college soccer, we don't get any of these kids having those moments that we all want them to have. And like we both truly believe in the power yep. of sports. We believe that it makes people better, but it doesn't if you do not have that giving a bleep about your neighbor. Uh, yeah. Okay, we, we should wrap up this podcast because if not, we're going to get too hot. I know, but this has been a great conversation. But what it boils down to is teamwork. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what we've seen uh, so far in the WNBA. And that's what we will continue to see. So continue to join us courtside uh, with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stat Podcast Network. We look forward to having more conversations with you. Mm -hmm. We love that the WNBA is doing what it's doing in terms of having more eyes on the game and people are hashtag making way for this league. And I just love it. And the say her yeah. name initiative as well has been so beautiful to watch and all of the people who are, are looking and really learning and being taught about um, the bigger than ball concept that the WNBA encompasses. And I just have absolutely loved it. 
I loved having this conversation with you, Gabe Ibrahim, and we will see you courtside next week to discuss all things WNBA. So for Gabe Ibrahim, I'm Christy Winter Scott. This has been Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.